What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It's my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you guys so much for listening. This week it's episode 67. We are talking Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door for the Nintendo GameCube. I don't know. Is it Mario or Mario? It doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. This game is the fucking best and we are going to explain why i've got a great new guest first time on the show i'll get more into that in just a second uh this is gonna be a good episode you guys know before i do that i gotta do all the all the plugs and all the rambling and stuff like that and the first plug of all of them is going to be in regards to our patreon you guys are the prize draw video will be going up this week for october we'll be giving away a 20 dollars gift card to the winner system of his or her choice i'll be getting that done uh you guys will probably see that by thursday uh also Uh, The first of your two exclusive episodes of the show will be going live on Monday the 14th, and that is all about the Link's Awakening remake. Me and Mark McHugh sat down, had a great chat about that. I think you guys are going to really dig it. So if you're new to the show, if you aren't on our Patreon yet, it's not too late to get in on uh, uh, all that kind of... I mean, it is too late to get in on the prize job for October, but it's not too late to get the Link's Awakening episode, plus you get access to all of our backlog episodes of uh, of our bonus ones, which include all the Q&A episodes, we talk Cuphead, there's one about the Messenger, there's one about... Octopath Traveler, now Link's Awakening. Uh, well worth it. It's $2 a month. Two bucks over at patreon.com slash remember the game. You'll also get entries into our future prize draws. You'll get to submit questions and topics for our Patreon episodes, and you'll get a shout out, which I'm going to do right now. And I was going to, uh, oh yeah, if by chance you guys don't want to listen to any of this and you just want to hear us talk about Paper Mario, there's a timestamp in the description. You can check that out. That'll tell you what to skip to if you don't want to listen to me ramble for 10 minutes or so first. Shout outs to our Patreon. So to each and every one of you, thank you so, so much for supporting this train wreck of a talk show of a podcast. Uh, here we go. Tyler, Todd, I'm not going to try to say your last name anymore. Sharonic. Oops. And I just closed the screen on my, okay. Tyler, Todd, Sharonic, Ben, Patrick Crossman, Ole Roy, Nichol, Michael Mathis, Mark McHugh, Luke Simpson, Keegan Wilson, Freezer Burnt, Josh from the Press Start to Join podcast, check them out, John Taylor, Joe Buck, Jeffrey Mathis, Dave, Daniel Brooks, Christopher Sumner, Taco Shirt Chris, Bradley McHugh, Benjamin Barlow, Andre, and Thomas Christian. Thank all of you guys so, so much. Uh, If I miss somebody, message me on patreon give me shit and i will give you a super shout out on next week's show because i don't really know what i'm doing you guys know that by now you guys know i have no idea what i'm doing now i need to find my podcast notes again and we've got it right no uh i got it right here all right so there's your shout outs thank you guys so so much i know that is like the least of the three cool things you get the bonus episodes and the prizes are much better but i still have to get all that stuff done patreon.com slash remember the game please check that out and if you guys are listening and you want to submit questions and topics for that episode uh for the q a one that'll be coming later this month please do you can message me on any of our social media and i will answer and reply to every single one you send me um all right i have a few notes here that i want to talk about they're all video game related except for this one and this one i, I promise i'll be quick um i got a little bit of burnout uh as far as being a creator go and i just want to let you guys like i i i I don't want to rant about it for too long on here. I don't want to talk about my comedy career. I, I try. I know I mention comedy on here occasionally, but I try not to get too into it. I am a stand-up comedian, and uh, I've been self-employed now for 
Uh, it's about a year and a half. It's been three years ago this week since I walked out. Of, I walked out of my job at Uline, which if you if you live in North America, you probably know who Uline is. They're this awful shipping supply company that I fucking hate. Um, but it's been a few years since I've just been a full time, you know, stand up comic. That's how and now and now I do this. This isn't how I pay my bills. The money I make from this goes back into this. Um, but it's just a lot of creating. It's writing jokes and then it's testing the jokes and trying to get them to work. Plus, I work on this podcast a lot. I write some other things. Plus, I try to book a lot of my own shows. And it just, I don't know. It's just how, I had one of those mornings where I woke up and I'm like, I'm burned out. I'm just sick of creating stuff. I want to launch a wrestling podcast. And my hesitation is just like, I don't know how much more room there is on my plate right now. Um, so anyway, the point I'm trying to make with this is just if you listen to podcasts or, or watch YouTube videos or, or fucking read blogs or anything that somebody else is creating, and I'm not talking about mine because you guys are so overly generous with your praise and uh, and all that kind of stuff. But if, if there's someone else that you like their work, just, just shoot them a quick message and tell them that you enjoy it. Because I'm telling you, I got one this morning from somebody. Um, you know what? I'm actually going to give you your shout out. I'm going to make sure I have your name too because that's how good I am at this fucking job. Um... Anthony Donato, and I hope I said that right, Anthony, just reached out to me on Twitter today and just said, hey, man, I just really enjoy your podcast, and I just was kind of having a rough morning, and it just really made me feel good, and I'm not asking you all to do that to me. You already do that to me. Thank you. Just do it to someone else, and if you're a creator, whether I listen to your stuff or watch your stuff or read your stuff or not, like just know that like I respect what you're doing, and just keep going. Just work hard. Just don't take your foot off the gas, and just you never know when there's somebody out there that's that's partaking in something you've created that maybe you don't even know that they're watching or listening or reading it um, and it's making a difference to them. So just, you know, if you feel like you've only got five downloads on your podcast and you're frustrated that no one's listening, I get it. But hey, there's five people out there listening to what you have to say and they're interested in what you have to say. And that's really cool. And if the world needs that. So just put yourself out there and just do what you know, just do what you want to do. That's what I, I don't even know what I'm trying to fucking say. Okay, we'll talk video games now. Uh, a Nintendo PlayStation is for sale. If you're like, what the fuck is that? Because you don't know the whole backstory, I'll give you the really quick footnotes version. Uh, at one point, Nintendo was talking about uh, having a CD ad- ad- uh, add-on, I guess, like a Sega CD-type add-on for the Super Nintendo, and they had gone to Sony, and they had the PlayStation, and at one point, the PlayStation was going to be an adapter to the Super Nintendo to put CD games on the Super Nintendo, and then it kind of fell apart, and it never happened, and Sony, Nintendo kind of turned on them in the last minute, and then Sony was like, oh yeah, well, we'll show you, and now the PlayStation... Uh, owns video games uh, but there are like I don't even know how many there are I think it's like 100 or 200 something of the Super Ni- of the Nintendo PlayStation basically is what it's called out there in the wild floating around these prototypes that actually play Super Nintendo games I think uh, but they have like the PlayStation adapter built on and one just popped up for sale I don't know what it's going to go for I don't think it's I don't think it's for sale yet. you guys google it I don't think it's on eBay I think it's a private sale um, just google it google Nintendo PlayStation for sale I, I just I get a kick out of that shit I mean I used to collect I would have never considered buying something like this because I have to assume it's going to go in the five figures maybe even the six I don't I have no idea what this thing is worth more than I would ever pay for something that can only play Super Nintendo games because I could go buy a Super Nintendo for like 50 bucks but uh, I, that's gaming history, and that's fucking cool to me. So uh, go look it up. If you didn't know about that, I just think it's kind of neat. I'm curious to see what it goes for. Once it does sell, uh, if I remember to look it up, I will point out how much it's sold for on the podcast. So if you don't want to go look it up, you'll find out anyway. Um, Mario Kart is on mobile. I meant to mention that. I don't think I mentioned it last week. I meant to. Um, Nintendo's released a few mobile games now. to varying degrees of success. I mean, financially, I think they've all been a success. Like They're all making money, but... 
you know, critically to various levels of success. Uh, admittedly, the only one I really got into was the first one, which was Mario Run. And that one was cool because you paid 10 bucks, it unlocked everything, and then you just got this cool Nintendo game on your phone. And then they've done, like, there's an Animal Crossing one, there's three houses. I mean, obviously, Pokemon, I don't know if Pokemon Go is, like, full-fledged Nintendo, but Pokemon Go was, like, a phenomenon. We could probably do an episode of this show about that game someday. Uh, but there was there was uh, Fire Emblem, uh, Animal Crossing, Dr. Mario. Now there's Mario Kart. There's a few. They're becoming more and more pay to play, uh, which I don't like. You know, I mean, I played Dr. Mario. I, I bet you I've put 10 or 15 hours into Dr. Mario, mostly at comedy shows. Like when I'm waiting to go on, I'm just sitting there playing it on my phone. It's okay, but I, I don't want to pay money to get like weapon or to get items when I could just play the game until I like, you know, when you play until you run out of lives, like you run out of attempts. And then you have to like either pay to get more attempts or wait for the clock to reset to get more. It's that classic mobile or mobile, whatever, uh, format. Uh, well, now there's a Mario Kart and it looks cool. Like the graphics are great. I don't really like the controls, the touch control. I just haven't been able to get a feel for them. Um, I haven't played it enough to really get into the pay to play, but apparently it's really bad. And I get it because that's how these companies make their money on these mobile games that are free to download. Like you're not. I, I personally don't like the free-to-play thing. I think most of us old-school gamers don't. Like, I would rather pay money, have a game, and then that is it. Um, but there's a lot more money to be made in creating an addictive game that you start playing for free. And then, like, oh, by the way, if you want more lives or items or characters or to beat this level, you've got to pay us. Um, kind of irritates me. I'm curious to know what you guys think. If you've been playing the Mario Kart mobile game, let me know. Uh, I admittedly was excited for it because I love Mario Run. I liked Dr. Mario. And I was like, oh, yeah, Mario Mario Kart is the shit. I had, like, Mario Kart's my jam. I fucking love Mario Kart. And I thought, on the go, on my phone, that'd be cool. Nah, not for me. You know, I've got a Switch that's also on the go that has the greatest Mario Kart game ever made sitting there on it, you know. So I would rather do that than play shitty mobile Mario Kart. So it's not for me. I was just curious what you guys thought of it. Mobile games in general, just like, meh whatever if i'm going to download a mobile game it's primarily like card like chess or like uh like crib or like crazy like that kind of stuff you know what i mean like no paying you could pay a couple bucks to get rid of the ads but i'd rather look at the ads and save my couple of bucks i don't know whatever it's not for me uh oh yeah i also wanted to touch on and literally i saw that like i had already done my show notes for this week and then about a half an hour before i came up here to record the podcast i saw it pop up uh on twitter and i was like what uh, it's a little wrestling-y. You guys know I love my wrestling. I love wrestling games. Uh, if you're not into wrestling, really, there's a new wrestling company uh, that's on the scene, AEW All Elite Wrestling. They just debuted on TV last week on their like weekly TV show. They've had some pay-per-views. They're pretty cool. Uh, it's come out that they're apparently, like, they've been teasing it for a while, but I thought it was just them, like, fucking around and trying to build up some hype. But now the word on the street is they really have been working with uh, Aki or Akai or whatever it is. I don't know. It's something to do with No Mercy, which is the greatest wrestling game ever made from the Nintendo 64. And, uh, like, now people from AEW, like Cody Rhodes, have come out and said, like, hey, we are working on making a video game like that, or we're trying to make a video game like that. And that would be fucking awesome. Because, like, the WWE 2K games or whatever, I haven't played one in a couple years because they're only on the PS4 and Xbox. They tried to put it on Switch and, like, don't do that. Um, I want some new wrestling. And, like, honestly, you release a game that plays, like, No Mercy but with more current graphics, I don't even give a fuck if it's all made-up wrestlers, I would buy it. Like, yes, wrestling is the best. Like, wrestling video games, when they're done properly, are the shit. So I saw that, got me very excited. Like, a, uh, oh, fuck, imagine a sequel to No Mercy 
but with a new company in 2020, probably by like minimum by the time it comes out. I hope this is real because that would be so cool. And I've seen the box floating around. Some of you have probably seen it. I didn't think there was anything to it other than like a mock-up trying to get people talking. But now the stories are coming out. They're like, it might actually be happening. And that is fucking sick. So, ah, I hate when sports only have one manufacturer. Like when there's only one, like, like Madden, there is no competition for Madden. There's no competition for the NHL anymore. The show owns baseball. The show is fucking awesome you know like I, I mean do you remember when there was madden but there was also 2k football and 2k football was like feeding them their lunch it was the same thing with hockey i don't like it when there's only one company dedicated to making a certain sport uh type of video game because then they don't have to try anymore they can just do whatever they want and you have no choice you either don't buy you either don't play that sport or you buy theirs you know what i mean and so now that there's a new wrestling company give us some new wrestling games just like back in the day when you had the wwe like you had wwf warzone and attitude up against world tour wcw world tour and wcw nwo revenge and then you had wwf wrestlemania 2000 and no mercy up against like wcw like backstage assault and thunder and shit you know like it's i just want competition competition makes everybody better you guys might have just heard me punching my fist because i'm very passionate about it okay good enough i've ranted it's almost 13 minutes into this thing you guys don't want to hear me you want to hear about paper mario what have i been playing over the last seven days primarily fantasy star 4 on the sega classic collection i decided not to play it on my sega genesis mini just because i wanted on my switch to go portable uh struggled with it at first the more i play it the more i like it there's absolutely an episode of the show coming about fantasy star four so uh i won't get any more into it than that but it's pretty rad and then uh just on a whim i started playing through yoshi's island on the snes online a couple weeks ago trying to 100 percent it and uh now i'm about halfway through world four with all hundreds on my scores so far uh we talked about yoshi's island back in like the 20 or 30 episodes of this show so you can go find that if you want uh what a fucking good i hate yoshi but i love that game damn it i well played, you fucking dinosaur. That's a good game. So uh, that's what I've been playing. Almost exclusively. Fantasy Star 4 and Yoshi's Island. That's been it. Uh, okay. But, uh, oh yeah. And I've been playing a little bit of Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. There's my transition. Uh, I've been playing it for a few weeks, trying to kind of catch up and refresh it in my mind. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm still not done it, but I'm pretty close. Uh, this game is fucking sick, man. I went and rebought a GameCube almost primarily to play this game. I found one up for like 30 bucks or something on Kijiji and bought it. And then I found a guy selling a copy of Paper Mario Thousand Year Door for like $20 because the case was basically wrecked. But the disc was fine and I was like, fucking done. I don't care. Because this game's not available anywhere. You can't get it on anything. It was released one time on the GameCube and that is it. No virtual consoles, no remasters. People have been, like there's been a petition circling around asking for like a high dev remake of it and stuff. It is not available anywhere. And it's very frustrating to me. Um, the Paper Mario series as a whole is frustrating because like Paper Mario 64 was awesome. We covered that game back in episode 37 of the show, I think. So you can check that out in the archives. Hint, hint. Uh, we're talking Thousand Year Door today. Super Paper Mario for the Wii was kind of meh. I thought they lost their direction a little bit. And like, and I think that's been it for Paper Mario games. Outside of like some of the portable 3DS ones, I think, which like Sticker, Sticker Star and stuff that I never played. Um, Mario fits really well in RPGs, like in action RPGs. Like there was Super Mario RPG, then the Paper Mario series. There's the Mario and Luigi games on the Game Boy Advance and 3DS. They're awesome. Uh, unfortunately, if you haven't seen it, Alpha Dream, the company that made them, uh, went bankrupt, which really sucks. I was, I mean, some people were saying it. I was hoping it as well that Nintendo was going to kind of step in and maybe buy them and just make them a, like a, a developer like within the Nintendo um, 
under the Nintendo umbrella, but I don't think that has happened. So I hope that's not the end of the Mario and Luigi games because they're good. We're definitely going to do an episode of this show on Superstar Sega down the road because that game is fucking awesome. But uh, I just, I want more Mario RPGs. Just like Nintendo, give it to us. People want to buy them. It's Mario and it's RPGs. I don't know if maybe their hesitation is like there's too many RPGs on the Switch. Uh, we'll get more into that in this episode, but I just, I want more. Like, would he work in Smash? Would Paper Mario be cool in Smash? Like, I mean, there's already, like, there's Zelda, or there's Zelda. I almost called Link Zelda, which is, like, the gaming faux pas 101. But there's, like, there's, like, Adult Link, there's Toon Link, there's fucking Young Link, there's Mario and Dr. Mario. Why can't we have Paper Mario? Like, yeah, that, you know, he could fly like a plane. and uh, I'm acting out with my hands. You guys can't fucking see me. Um, anyway. We're going to talk all about Thousand Year Door today. If you've never played this game, listen to this episode. This game is a fucking masterpiece. I'm going to cue the music right now. And I am joined this week by my pal Bradley McHugh, the predominantly better McHugh brother of the two. That's just a shot at Mark. They're both great. Uh, but Bradley and I caught up when I was down in Calgary doing some uh, comedy shows about a month ago. And we had a great time talking about the Thousand Year Door, which originally released in North America on the Nintendo GameCube on October 11th of 2004 so happy 15th birthday paper mario let's uh let's talk thousand year dory guys here we go Okay, so uh, back on the road. Hopefully this one sounds better than some of the previous road episodes because as, uh, as I've learned how to do this shit, I've brought my headphones this time so I can actually tell how the sound sounds. Uh, and I'm joined this week by uh, another member of almost like the Hart family of the Remember the Game podcast, which I hate to compare you guys to because I hate Bret Hart, but uh, <laughs> uh, Mark McHugh's younger brother bradley McHugh, how are you buddy i'm doing really really awesome i'm super excited to be on the show i've listened to it from the beginning uh yeah you know i always heard my brother on the show and i was like that lucky son of a bitch like I, how, how, do, how do i get on this bad boy that's funny because yeah. like i always I, and i never feel like i have to beg anyone to come on the show but I do always feel like I'm all like I'm putting people out to be like, hey, will you please record a podcast with me? And yeah. like every time one of the guys does it, they're like, no, it's fun, man. Like in yourself too. Like when you and I, because you and I've been trying to set this up for a little while now. Yeah. And you were like, no, dude, totally, fuck yeah. And like <laughs> we're up early doing this. I'm like, like come to my house at nine a.m. I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> and like and for the record, like I know some people listening to this are probably like nine a.m. isn't early. And yeah. I'm like, no, okay, like I I I'm a comedian. And now that I'm comfortably into my comedian life, nine o'clock is fucking early. Yeah, nine o'clock is pretty painful. Sometimes. Oh, dude. Plus, driving through the fucking traffic, I forgot what it was like to deal with morning traffic. Yeah. I just, oh, oh, I'm not in a good mood. Hitting, but, that, hitting that rush hour traffic. Fuck. But that said, I'll be in a good mood because we're talking about a good game. Super good game. A super good game. I, uh, we're talking, I've already said it in the intro. I've already rambled about it for 15 minutes, probably. Uh, but we're talking the Thousand Year Door, Paper Mario for the Nintendo GameCube, and literally only the Nintendo GameCube. Yeah, one of, one of my, yeah, come on. Get me, get it on Switch, guys. How is it like this game is so good and it's just lost in the annals of annals? 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 Uh, don't say annals. annals. (laughs) (laughs) It's lost in the annals of time. Yeah. And the weird thing about it is that Nintendo knows, right? Like they have to know how much we want this game somewhere else. Of course they do. Because like they're releasing all these HD collections. They're like, oh, these guys want the HD collection of Grandia before they want Paper Mario. No, fucking give me uh, Paper Mario. Fuck. And not no shit on Grandia. Those are good games. But like 
why are we getting that before we're getting Thousand Year Door? That's insane. I mean, like, listen, it's you and I were literally just talking about this off air. Like, I'm I am a, a diehard Nintendo fan because I know you love Nintendo as well. Of course. They are such a frustrating company to be a diehard <laughs> fan of sometimes because they've got all these... And I get that they can't just... Like, here's the thing. They can't just drop every old game they have on every system every time a new console comes out. Yeah. Because when it do, when they tried to do it on the Wii U, everyone was like, well, I'm not paying for these games again. And it was like, <laughs> well, yeah, you are. It's a different system. <laughs> yeah, looks. Have you looked at Wind Waker on the Wii U? It looks better, you right. fucking guys. Dude, there's been like, okay, like we, we are going to talk Thousand Year Door, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> but there are like, there are people online on Reddit and stuff freaking out over uh, the Link's Awakening remake being a full price game. Well, and I'm like, they completely it, remade it. I'm like, it's literally the only, like, it's not like they just fucking took the old file and like right clicked save as <laughs> like HD. Like they rebuilt the entire game. Yeah. And they made it completely different. Like, you, it's, it's, an, oh. it's a new art style. Like, are you people going to be like when Final Fantasy VII remake comes out? Are people going to be like, well, this better be a $10 game because <laughs> I can get Final Fantasy VII for $10. Oh, different, different game though, player. Oh, fuck all yeah. of you. Well, not all of you. Well, some of you. Anyone, if you listen to this and you're complaining about that, then yeah, that's directed that, to you. That being said, though, Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door, I, I, I don't think, just because of the visual style of the game, I don't really think it would need to be upgraded it that doesn't. much. Yeah. It doesn't. Like, there'd be all. some touch-ups and maybe some some color saturation. Just turn the saturation up on the on the video. And yeah. Bam, there you go. You got uh, HD version of Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. Well, I'll tell you too, like, because I've been replaying it on my GameCube, mm-hmm. uh, as I've been mentioning on the pod. I didn't finish it. I tried to finish it before this show. The problem is that sometimes you go on the road and you can't find a TV yeah. where you can use AV cables to keep playing. And I yeah. bought an adapter and forgot it. So that's how good I am at this. <laughs> um, but I'm about two thirds of the way through. And that game looks as good. I swear, like, I'm not, it's not hyperbole. That game looks as good today. As it did 15 years ago. Yeah, and I think that all comes down to like the unique paper art style, right? 100%. Like it's it's something that doesn't really age, Mm-mm. and that's why I love. Like uh, I'll be honest with you, like Paper Mario series, that's my jam. I've played everyone except Sticker Star, mm-hmm. um, and people shit on Color Splash. That game's good, by the way. People shit on Super Paper Mario. That game's good. I shit on that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> obviously, obviously the first two are the best ones, though. Of course they are. And I, I I'm a little bit more partial to the first one than the second one. Right. But the second one is like close it's it's also a masterpiece yeah i almost look at the second one because like because we have taught actually i think it was with mark i think it was with your brother we talked paper mario yeah yeah of course it was yeah. <laughs> it definitely uh, was. Yeah. so like i like paper mario for the 64 but to me paper mario on the 64 is like the super mario brothers 3 2000 year door super mario world that's fair like yeah. it's just like a high def version of it you know what i mean and like and i yeah, agreed both of them phenomenal fantastic my, my only beef with the paper mario series uh or my biggest beef is that i feel like because of that we're not getting super mario rpg 2 like and i've wanted that game for 20 plus well, years well but like the mario and luigi series are doing the same shit right they are. so like if those two series are happening simultaneously i don't see a reason we couldn't get super mario rpg 2 that's what i want like i want like give me gino and Mallow again and give me like a sequel because i love that game give you me know? super mario rpg 2 with mario odyssey graphics Oh, man that would blow my brain apart. yeah that's yeah fucking nintendo would never be that nice to us <laughs> yeah i was gonna say nintendo, i think nintendo might be a, a little bit hesitant on that one yeah. because it sounds too good even this one like i'm like i mean this game is pretty universally praised yeah you know like people it, people love this game it's it's often considered the best Mar- paper mario game and, oh, yeah. and you know i 
again, I like the first one, but a bit more mostly nostalgia. Mm-hmm. But this game is fucking amazing. It is. Having said that, and we'll get into it now. Like I have a couple criticisms of this game that I like. Had I not replayed it for this podcast, I would not have brought Thought them up. Of. You yeah. know what I mean? Because like I, this is one of those like I'm sure everyone has these games where like you like I literally. Dude, playing through this game over the last few weeks was the first time I've played this game since I played it when it came out. And mm-hmm. I just I brought I have the Wikipedia page in front of me, October 11, 2004. So it literally has been 15 years next month since this game came out. This is my first time playing it in in 14 years probably. And like before then, have you ever played maybe this is one of them. Have you ever played a game where like you play through it one time, that's it, and then years and years later you're still just you have this glowing memory of this game and you're like, "No, that game was just so perfect and there's nothing wrong with it do you know what i mean like yeah i i like th- this is gonna be a weird comparison but i felt that way about like uh the first gears of war game like when i first played it i'm like it's perfect it's a masterpiece yeah yeah and then i played through it again a couple years ago and i'm like you know what that's kind of gen- general that's a generic yeah shit you know that's a you know what that's a good because that is, i do feel like that about gears of war yeah i haven't played any of them since i played through them the first time and i love all of them but i never i don't think i ever want to play them again. yeah they re-released it on xbox one and i was like oh yeah I'll, you know, it's, it's, it's on xbox game pass i'll yeah. play through it again and i was like Oof, that did not age super well. No. Well, because they lay the floor, they lay the groundwork and then they make yeah. it all better, right? Like yeah. Well, and I, I played uh, last time I played Thousand Year Door would have been last year. Okay. Um and I didn't really have a lot of gripes with it. Um I do think that some of the characters there are some parts of this game that I fucking hate. Me like, too. Like we, we we can get definitely get into yeah, that. There are too. some parts of this game I fucking hate. But for the most part, like the character building is is amazing. I love all the party members in this game. Vivian's maybe my favorite character in any yeah, yeah. Paper Mario game. Yeah. Um like she's just so interesting and like her oh, yeah. story. Sorry, there are going to be some spoilers. Oh yeah, it's a game Whoops. fifteen years old. Fuck off. Like yeah. if you like, I mean, I say it almost every time we talk about a story driven game. If you haven't, if you haven't played it already, you're not going to play it uh, like anytime soon because no. Nintendo's not releasing. You're it. not getting it. So yeah. listen, because we're going to spoil shit. Okay, so Vivian. Yeah, so Vivian, like her her story arc where she's like working for what are they, the Shadow Sirens? Yeah, she's like working for the Shadow Sirens against Mario, and then she just becomes so ostracized by the other Shadow Sirens that she. He's like, fuck this. I'm joining Mario. Yeah, I thought like, that was dope. That yeah. is, And that is such an awesome... And a lot of the... Because a lot of the party members in Paper Mario are just like people you run into and they're like, I'm, I'm your friend now. Yeah. <laughs> We're hanging out now. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and that irritates me. Like, that was one of my biggest issues. Did you play Octopath Traveler? Yeah. Oh, like, I, and it, I loved it. I beat it, you know, full 90 hours on that game. But man, like, why are these people hanging out? Yeah, like, that's always been my biggest problem with an RPG is, like, just give me a reason to, like, pull for the team. Yeah. And literally, all you need, like, I'm not a, I'm not a snob. The storyline literally could be as simple as, like, uh, oh, hey, like, like Final Fantasy VII, Sephiroth is going to destroy the world. And everyone you meet is like, well, we better stop this better, guy. Better do something and about that's that. That's all I need. Yeah. And I'm good, you know? And I, and with this one, like, I get that, like, you need to collect these seven stars to to keep the X knots, I think is how you say it. Yeah. From getting, you know, opening the door and the demon and all that shit like that. But like Mario never explains that to anybody. He doesn't really even know that for half of the game. Yeah. Like so the, the, you're right. They just every chapter you meet somebody and it's like it's just an excuse to to pick up a new ability to play the Metroid the Metroidvania parts of the game. Like yeah. the outer world. And it works and like the party members are cool, but you're right. Like it's like 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 Well there's much more purpose in this one. Like there are characters that are just like, Oh, you're Mario, I guess I'm hanging out with you now. Right. There's much more purpose. Like like the Yoshi egg. Like 
like you hatched the Yoshi. Like it would make sense that he's coming along. He's following, with you. Okay, yeah. And I have to say this, all right? Like I have been an unbiased Yoshi hater on this podcast. Insane. I fucking hate Yoshi. Insane. I hate him. He's an idiot. Having said that, the little Yoshi in this game is probably my favorite party member in the group. Well, he's he's such a cool party member because you actually he's the only party member you get to name. Yeah, he doesn't have a name because you, name you birth him. him. Yeah, <laughs> like you name him, and he's like the toughest guy on the team, which I always get a kick out of. Like in so many like cartoons and stuff, there's always that really little guy that's just like the the little like scrappy dude. Yeah. yeah, and that's what <laughs> that's what this little Yoshi is. Like he wears his egg like a diaper almost. Yeah, and he's just like he's like the tough guy. He's always got this like. His eyebrows are always furrowed, and I'm like, nah, this kid's fucking cool. But you know what? I was doing research about this game because, like I said, I haven't played it in like in like a year, mm-hmm. and um, so I was like, oh, I gotta remember what all the chapters are. And you know what? Like, I I think all my favorite Paper Mario chapters come from this game. Um, my all time favorite Paper Mario chapter is in this game. I'm gonna tell you what it is. Um, my favorite Paper Mario chapter ever is the train. The one where you're on the train, yeah, yeah, okay, and it, and uh, somebody gets murdered on the train, and it becomes like sort of like an Agatha Christie style murder mystery, yeah, yeah, because it's so different from the rest of the game. It's right. like it's kind of like a nice breath of fresh air. You're still fighting people, and you're still uh, like doing battles, leveling up, you know, exploring for treasure, right? But at the at the uh, at the back end of your brain is this whole thing where you're trying to solve this murder, right? Which I love. And then it turns out it's like it's the ex knots who did the murder or some shit like that or something like that. I forget what it was exactly, but yeah. it was like an evil bad guy. See, and that's like it's one of the things I like and uh, in one particular instance dislike about this game is like even though it's an RPG, uh, there's still like levels. Like it's basically levels. Yeah. These chapters like they're so uh, I don't know different is the word, but they are. They're so different from each other. Like like I mean, there's a chapter where you're on like a tropical island. And there's a chapter where you're in like a fighting building. Yeah, like you're in here in the WWE. World. Yeah, yeah, which is awesome. And there's a chapter where you're in like a ghost world, like or like the the dark village or whatever. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Like, like they they really like. And then when you finish it, you end up fighting a boss. You get the the, the star for that chapter, and then you go back to the hub world. And in each world, you kind of pick up like a new uh, sidekick. You know what I mean? And it like they really do a great job of like they still break it up into chapters. It's not like a huge overworld where you just play one big game. Yeah. Like I can literally sit down for a couple hours and play through a chapter and then feel like I, I beat a level in the game. You well, know? that's another thing too about, um, about this game is that the overworld, while yeah, it is just a hub for you to get to all these other levels. It's super explorable and it yeah. doesn't seem like much when you first see it. No, it's not. And that, honestly, that's probably my favorite part of this game. Yeah. Rogue is, port is that is rogue port because like it, it, I know that people say that the term Metroidvania is overused and everything like that. Yeah. But this is almost like a, a prehistoric kind of RPG Metroidvania. Yeah, yeah. Because you know? yeah, you, you have like the certain roadblocks that you come back later with the different. It. Yeah. And like I'll tell you, like I'm sure you every time you finish a chapter, so you pick up a new sidekick, right? And like like you had mentioned, like Vivian. Oh yeah, we never so Vivian is like a, a ghost who's a, like part of these like these three sisters who are bad guys, but the other two are always shitting on her. <laughs> and so finally she like snaps and joins Mario instead. And I have always had a hard on for RPGs where a bad guy joins the good guys. I yeah. just always like I mean the reason Bowser <laughs> Super Mario RPG, yeah. <laughs> Bowser's my favorite character of all time and the reason for that is Super Mario RPG because yeah. when he first joined you I was like, "What?" And he was like, <laughs> I thought he was a badass tank in that game too. And I was like, "This guy is so awesome." You know, and like even I've 
I'm not going to get into Chrono Trigger because I don't need everyone shitting on me. It's fine. But the fact that you can make the bad guy join your team in Chrono yeah. Trigger is fucking awesome. Like, my, that's my favorite game of all time. I know. And I, <laughs> and I literally was texting with your brother last night about Chrono Trigger and how he wants it on the Switch. Now. Yeah. It's, uh, I, re- I really hope that that comes to the Super Nintendo I Classic. I do, too. But, yeah. I do, too. And, uh, and, I, and it's fine. Like, I, it's not that I don't, ha- it's not like I don't yeah, like it. It's, I, it's fine. But that's, that's actually another great example of a game where uh, there's a reason for every character to join your party. Mm-hmm. You know? Like there, and there's even like that scene later in Chrono Trigger. I don't want to talk too much of Chrono Trigger because I'll go on for an hour. <laughs> but like, there's that scene where they're all ha- they all have that big campfire and they're all just talking, and it's mm-hmm. like the most real interaction. Yeah, yeah, Like I've seen in an RPG, which is why I love that game so much. Yeah. But um, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door, there are some characters like Koops. No reason he should be with you. He's trying to get brave. Yeah, he's trying, he's like <laughs> he's like a scared Koopa Troopa who yeah. like sick of being a wiener and decides to go with Mario. Well, and the thing with this game too is that um, the first the first level of this game where you get Koops and you go and you fight the the dragon. Yeah, I think it is like a perfect illustration of how the rest of this game is going to go because you go to fight the dragon and you're like, all right, here it is. This is the boss, and then they're like, you can't you can't touch him. He can't be hurt. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh shit. Like so, and then you got to figure out why. Right, you have to figure out why you can't hurt him, and it's because yeah. he like he's afraid of crickets. Yeah, he well, he got food poisoning from them. Yeah, and so they, <laughs> right. If he hears right. the sound of a cricket; it makes him sick. Yeah, and so then you have to go get a badge because you equip badges in this game that give you different powers and stuff like that. Uh, you go get a badge that changes the sound of your attack to sound like crickets. Well, and that's a great illustration of how the rest of the game is going to go because while, yeah, it's very formulaic and it's in like the way that it is, like you said, you go to a new place, you get a new partner, um, you get, you fight a boss, bam, you get a star. Um, there's always, in every chapter, there's always something that sets it aside and makes it a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is good and bad. Yeah. Which is why, which is now the point where I want to talk about the number one worst fucking thing in this game. And that is that stupid chapter where you're in the stupid tree and you have those stupid fucking poonies <laughs> that follow you around and they fall off the goddamn cliff and you got to go down the cliff yeah. and you got to pick them back up again. The, oh my God, I hate it. Okay, there is a chapter I hate more than that. But I'll get into it in a second. <laughs> okay. Because okay. you're right. Like every chapter, they try to put a little bit of like a puzzle solving aspect to it. And most puzzles are pretty easy to solve. Yeah. More just a time sink. Um, but yeah, like you had to, you got to find this badge and equip it. We'll get more into the badges in a minute too, because I like that system. Yeah. Um, you had to find this badge, equip it. It makes your attack sound like crickets, which makes the bad guy feel sick to his stomach. And now he's vulnerable to attacks. Yeah. And then you go to this tree where there's all these little puny thingies and they're like these little fucking caterpillar looking things and there's certain doors that are like you have to have 50 punies yeah. to get past this and door. so you have to get them to follow you to the, to the door to put the punies on the scale or whatever to open yeah. the door but they're but they're, they're so stupid it's like yeah. having it's like having a hundred fucking natalia from golden eyes behind you yeah yeah like, they just keep following off they like it like and what frustrates me about that is like i it, like if if you fucked up and that's why they fell off of the edge and you have to go climb back down the tree to gather three of them and bring them back. Yeah, whatever. Then that's on you. But like, you can do nothing wrong. You just steer Mario along the ledges of this tree and these stupid puny thingies just fall off the edges of the ledge you're walking on. And now, like you said, you have to backtrack and climb back down the tree to pick up the three punies that fell. Yeah. Then climb back up the tree and then pray that the three of them don't fall again. To get, and it's just like there's no reason for that. Like <laughs> yeah. just like just let them follow me. Fuck off. And then like you'll you'll go down to get the three, and then you'll come back up. And by the time you've come back up, three other have fallen down. Yeah, and you're like yeah. you sons, of, just sit still for a second. Yeah, there. That's that. I agree with you. That's annoying. It's like it's like babysitting. But 
Um, that's probably the only level I can think of that I don't like, but what's the one that you don't like? I don't, I like the concept of it, but I hate the wrestling level. Really? That's like one of my favorites. So the first time I, okay. So the wrestling level, you go to, there's like this like wrestling federation. Yeah. And uh, Hulk Hogan's there. In the sky. Hawk Hogan. (laughs) Yeah. And Hawk Hogan, rock Hawk. He's like the champ. He's this big Jack Hawk guy. And basically you sign up to join this wrestling federation and you start out ranked number 20 in the rankings. Yeah. And then you have to keep like fighting uh the the 19th ranked guy who's like a koopa troopa the 18th ranked guy is like a fucking goomba whatever and you keep fighting guys and every time you beat one you move up a rank and you have to get to rank number one and then you can fight rock hawk he's the champ and his belt is the star that you're after yeah um my irritation with it was it was like it literally is just like so oh it's so repetitive like most of the fights aren't hard like like the last couple can be a little tricky, maybe, and then they make it a little bit harder because the guy that runs the federation gives you a, a caveat each battle that you can't do. You can't use items this time, or you yeah. can't use special attacks, and it's completely random. And there are a couple of fights where like uh, I lost. You don't get game over. You just lose, and you have to fight the guy again. But I lost because uh, the caveat he gave me, and I was like, God damn it! Like yeah. I needed that special attack. Yeah, that's and now true. I can't use them. Like it'll be like, oh, you can't jump in this time, and it's like, well, it's a fuck. It's a flying enemy. Like, yeah. What, what am I supposed to do? And, yeah, exactly. And then you're fucked. But you're- like, but I would fight a guy, and I'd be like, I beat like the 18th rank guy, and they're like, all right, well now you rank 17, and I was like, cool. And then I, okay, here's the weird thing. I haven't played this game in 15 years, okay. and when I got to this world. I was like, I remember not liking something about this. And I was like, and I don't know what it is. I just had this feeling in the back of my mind of like, there's something about this. And by the time I got to like rank 15, rank 14, I was like, motherfucker, you are going to make me fight through all 20 of these fucking guys, aren't you? And I thought maybe after like rank 10, some big thing would happen and they have to, you know, nope, you you get every fucking battle. You get a new locker room at rank 10. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. But it's still 10 more fights. And it was just, and they try to throw in a little bit of a storyline with the X-Knots and the fucking guy that runs the Federation is a bad guy and stuff like that. Yeah, and you have to sneak through like the the pipes and stuff. I I just, it was very, I found it very monotonous. Like very, just like, here we go, another fight. Here we go, another fight. And I agree with you that the tree with the punies is fucking annoying. And honestly, like I just finished the Dark World level. Yeah. Um, my other main gripe with this game, and it's I was going to bring it up, is uh, there's a, a ton of backtracking in most of these levels. Yeah, that's true. The a dark, the, the shadow town specifically. Oh, yeah. you're in this like shadow town where everything is dark and like, that's cool. It's a new like ad. And the, and the, ba- and the villagers are getting turned into pigs. Every time this bell rings, another villager gets turned into a pig. Yeah. So you have to walk through the dark forest to get to the castle to figure out who's ringing this bell. Great concept. By really the way. cool. Really cool. Uh, then you have to walk back to the village. Then you have to walk back to the castle. Then you have to walk back to the village. And it's and it nothing changes. It's the same bad guys every time in the yeah. same place. And it's like it did get to the point where I was like, Are you seriously gonna make me fucking walk through this again? <laughs> and it like and to me, like one of the shining bright lights of the Paper Mario series is the combat. And it got to the point where I was like avoiding the combat yeah. because I'm like, this is, I know how to beat these guys. Yeah, that's true. Especially in like that, that forest area between the castle and the village. Mm-hmm. I always remember like specifically being like, for fuck, let's just, let's just go around them. Yeah. Right. You know? When and, like, and you shouldn't because like, it like they really do. And we'll, we haven't even talked combat yet. We'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. They do a phenomenal job of breaking up the monotony of RPG combat where it's just like tap 
attack, 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 and you win. Like, they make you pay attention and do the timed attacks and strategies and stuff. Yeah. But once you've figured out how to beat all the bad guys in an area, and, you, and you're like, not only do you know how to beat them, but you know, like, okay, one Mario Hammer and one Vivian Punch will kill that bad guy. Then it takes all the guessing out of it, all the work, and then it gets to the point where you're like, oh, we got to do this again. We got to do this I, again. Paper Mario, um, the one big thing that I that I don't like about Paper Mario is that they should have adapted. Um, there's like um, something that happens in Earthbound where once you get to like a certain level, yes. you don't you don't have to fight the enemies. Yeah. You walk into it and the game's like, okay, we get it. You're good enough to destroy this. Let's yeah. just skip the battle. Yeah. And Paper Mario should definitely adapt that, especially if they're going to make a new one. Which, I agree. Which I, I think next E3 we're, we're seeing new Paper Mario. I would oh, be surprised if we didn't. I hope so. Yeah. I think every RPG should adapt. Like, I mean, listen, you, you were talking about how much you have a hard on for chrono trigger yeah that's my earthbound like i could sit here and talk earthbound we could do a i could do an earthbound podcast <laughs> like i like every week talk about something else um but one of the things that earthbound brought to the rpg world that more people need to adapt is that when you're in an old level you just instantly beat bad guys you know like when i play yeah. like a final fan like final fantasy 6 for example um near the end of it i have no interest in exploring anymore because I get You're so too good, yeah. sick of the random encounters where it's just boring. Just either don't give them to me or just have it like do like the flash, like it's going into a battle, and then just roll the credits and just let me go. Well, and Final Fantasy VI is an interesting one too because the second half of the game, all the enemies are like the same level because you can go anywhere exactly. that you want. Exactly. And so like by the time you've gone and collected all your party members back... You're like so fucking good. Why would you give a shit about it's, fighting it these gets people? Boring, yeah, you know, and like, and to its to its limited credit, at least Paper Mario, there's a badge you can equip where you beat. Yeah, beat yeah, bad guys, but it only works on like the really weak guys. And and I uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm misremembering, but I remember it taking like a lot of badge points to to equip that. Which like your badge points are precious in yeah, this game are. yeah they are yeah and like you can't waste your badge points on anything i always get like the peekaboo badge where you can see people's health yeah me too so that i can strategize easier so, but that one takes a lot too it does yeah like so okay so uh all right so we basically explained the concept of the levels and how much backtracking there is which is the main criticism of it yeah as far as the combat goes and the and the badges like fuck this is gonna be a long podcast yeah. but that's fine it's that's okay game. that's all good um with the badges the badges are almost like I'm trying to think of like I mean in a way I guess they're like materia from Final Fantasy. Yeah, VII. that that's the that's what I would equate them to for right? sure. You can like you collect them throughout the game and they're and they're everywhere. You can find them. Yeah. You can buy them. You can buy them from secret merchants. Like there's the star piece guy in the and sewer. there's so many badges so that are fucking many. useless <laughs> and there's so many garbage badges. But basically, I, you start out. I literally think you start the game with like three badge points. Yeah, and you find your first couple badges and and badges can literally do anything there are badges that just change the sound effects like the cricket one there's, there's a, a few of them there's a really cool badge that changes your um that changes your clothes to be wario's clothes oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and i'm pretty sure that one costs like one so i was like yeah i'll fucking have fucking that right on. i'll Why waste not? one yeah <laughs> like like so you can you can get ones to like change the cosmetics you can get ones to change your allies power ones to change mario's power one to the, get new abilities the sound that your hammer makes which is important yeah. there's like you said there's the one there's two that i almost always try to have equipped and one is to be able to see the bad guy's hit points yeah because that is so valuable super important and uh and the other one i always equip and it's very expensive it's seven or eight points is that you can swap out your ally and then they can still attack. Yeah, yeah. Because you always go into battle with one partner and that's it. And each partner has different attacks and some of them can only do like jumping and some of them can only do ground. And like, so if you're fighting against like flying bad guys, Koops is useless because all of his attacks are on the ground. Yeah, so you're going to want to get, what's the, what's the name of that? The, the big 
lady who blows wind. Uh, oh, fuck. What's her like, name now? It's like uh, Babette, but it's Florian? not that. Florian. Florian. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she's <laughs> really handy for those types of bad guys. You know, like, or like, that's another thing is Vivian can attack almost everybody. Like, Vivian's yeah. a boss. Um, but yeah, so like, each of your, each your partners can only attack certain bad guys. They have certain powers. And normally what happens is if you switch your, your partner to a different one, that's their turn. Yeah. Or your turn. Like, because Mario gets a turn and your partner gets a turn. And if you decide to switch your partner, that that's that guy's turn. But if you equip this badge, you can switch, then they can attack. And so when you get into fights or if you're in a new area where you don't know how, how to how get to the hurt guys, down, yeah. it's so valuable. You know what I mean? Like it, it's in it makes the game so much easier. Like I if I was gonna give anyone a piece of advice, get that badge and equip that badge. Yeah. Well, and this game's interesting too because uh, unlike the first game, um, your party members have their own health bar. Yeah. Um, whereas in the first game, it's like if they get hit once, they're like, no, I'm, I'm down and out for the count for a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah. And so that becomes a strategy too. Each of your partners has their own hit points and you can switch which order they're standing on the stage, Mario and his partner. Yeah. And put Mario behind. And sometimes the bad guys will attack the back person. Sometimes they'll attack the front. But a lot of them, like their attack is they have to attack the front person. Yeah. So the only problem with that, though, is that your party members have significantly way less HP than you do. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So if you fuck around and put your your guy at the front, like you can imagine your guy's going to be dead within a few. Yeah. But, but it can be a lifesaver when Mario's down to his like down to the end. Swap them and then gives Mario a chance to heal and let the bag, let your partner. Yeah, and you have the old sea captain Babam who's still got twenty five HP. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. So, and that's the other thing is as you add new partners, then another part of the strategy to the game becomes like you have five or six partners with five or six different HP meters. Yeah, so you can always switch in and out just to get them, just to buy yourself time and let them all take a hit. Right. Uh, another thing that I that I find kind of interesting about this game or kind of like a gripe is that once you get Yoshi and Vivian, like those are your guys yeah. and everybody you get after that, who gives a shit? Like yeah. the bomb captain guy, who cares? Yeah. There's, there's no reason for that. Then what's the one that's after is, is the it's bomb? The, no. Cause it goes, okay. So you, you start out with, um, coops. No, it's no, no. Goombear. Goombear, whatever the Goomber, fuck. It's like female something. Goomba explorer. Goombella. Uh, who is completely useless with the exception of the fact of like, so each of the each of your partners have both their own fighting abilities. Plus, they have an ability on the main on the overworld. Yeah, and her ability is like you can ask her for what what to do. And there are a few instances where that comes in pretty handy, actually. But other than that, she's fucking useless. Then yeah. you get Coops, the scared Koopa Troopa, um, and then you get uh, Florian because she right. blows around those little right. caterpillar the, the, the things. Punies, yeah. Then you get the baby Yoshi. Uh, I, I keep, okay, so I always name my characters Hoju. Uh, anytime I can name a character, it's Hoju. And <laughs> why, so I Hoju. I don't know. I just did you ever see the episode of Simpsons where Homer was like, "Do you want to change your name to Homer Junior? The kids can call you Hoju." And Bart's like, "I'll get back to you." And like, and we had a friend in high school we all called Hoju. His name was That's... Wade. And so now I just every time like log into my Switch, every game, my file, my character's name is Hoju. That's funny. So then you get Hoju, then you get Vivian, then you get the Babom guy, and then you, and then I think you get the ghost. Don't you get a ghost from the train? I'm trying to remember because I never got to the train. That's no, where I stopped. I don't think there is a go- oh, man. Now, oh fuck! Now I'm pissed. Well, I we haven't played it. in a long yeah, time. Yeah, it's been it's been a while. Because like you don't need a ghost in this game because Vivian has the right, same. Vivian's a ghost. Vi- Vivian has the same um, uh, function as Bo does from the first Paper Mario game. So there's no reason to have. It is bugging me now. I'm looking. Keep talking. I'm just looking. Um, yeah, but yeah. So like, but but like, so each character. You're right. Once Vivian in particular. 
once you get a hold of her, like she, because like her attack is like she lights bad guys on fire when she punches them. Yeah. So then they keep taking damage. She doesn't have to just attack the front person. She can attack anyone. Yeah. She can hit. I think she can hit flying bad guys because she stretches, but she can also punch ground guys. Well, and another really cool thing about this game is that there's one of the party members in this game is optional. Um, there's a party member in this game called Miss Mouse that you oh, don't. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you don't have to get. Yeah, yeah. She's part of a side quest, and if you beat the side quest you get her as a party member but she's also useless by the way she's terrible but she's the she's the yuffie yeah (laughs) a thousand year door yeah she's yeah she's she is the yuffie because she's optional yeah yeah she's optional she's not good and kind of annoying yeah you can only get her through a side quest there's no use for her yuffie is the oh fucking yuffie uh, I just looked, and yeah, you're right. It was after the bomb. All that's left is Miss Mouse. Oh, okay. That, yeah, I, so. I, 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 thought I don't know why I was thinking of a ghost. Yeah. Maybe that's the first one. Uh, well, anyway. there is there is a ghost in the first. That's one. what I thought. But yeah. you get you get the ghost like right at the beginning of that one, right? Yeah, or like the third world or whatever. So you gather this team, and they all have like different powers, and you can use them in the battles and stuff like that. But you're right. Once you get a hold of Vivian, I mean Yoshi, Yoshi's a little tank. Yeah, like, Yoshi's Yoshi's a motherfucker. Right. Like uh, like once you can like. Excuse me, like he doesn't attack. Oh yeah, because that's the other thing, and we'll get into the combat now. I know this is a disorganized podcast, but you guys are used that's to that all by now. Um, <laughs> the combat is really cool because one, okay, first of all, what I like about this game, this is a Paper Mario staple, is they keep the hit points low. There's no need to get up to like nine thousand hit points and stuff. It's like, yeah, it's like 30, 40. Yeah, the the final boss of this game is one hundred and fifty hit points. Right, but your attacks do like five. You know what I mean? Like, and I I'm like that's fine. Like, just keep it nice and simple. It's easy to keep track of the numbers. Yeah. Like when you're learning before you have the ability to see everyone's hit points, you can remember like okay, well I know those guys eight hit points will kill him, and yeah. I've done four, so I got to do four more. You know what I mean? Um, the fights take place much like the original, like on a stage and it's almost like a play. Yeah. And, and I think that is so awesome. Well, and they add the audience to this one cause the first one didn't have the audience. Right. Right. Whereas this one, they had the audience and like, if you, if you're doing well, the audience will like be like, all right, here you go. Have a mushroom. Yeah. They throw items at you. Sometimes they throw like weapons at like rocks. And yeah. Cans they'll throw and cans. Shit. Yeah. But they also, it always pops up a little X button warning. And so while you're fighting, if you see the little X button warning, it's telling you like, hey, they're about to throw shit at you. Yeah. And then if you hit the button, you run into the crowd and hit them instead, (laughs) (laughs) which I think is awesome. It's super funny. Uh, So each character has their own hit points. And then you have shared flower points, which are like your magic points, I guess. That's like for your skills. And then you also have star points. And as you collect the crystal stars through the game, because I guess we haven't actually mentioned that. The object of the game is... No, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, the seven crystal stars. The seven crystal stars open the uh, thousand-year door. The thousand-year door. Every time you get a new star, you get a new ability but it takes more star power to use. Like, because like each star comes like with a circle on the star meter. Yeah. And the first one is just like, you can re- regain some health and it costs you one star. I, I found that I didn't use the star power too much in this one. Either. Yeah. Other, other than that health one sometimes. Yeah. I, I the health really one. That's like, much. but like in the first one, I used it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like you have the smooch ability, the star storm, which damages everyone seven, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a huge amount for a it's paper market. Yeah. It's like a 7,000. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, and like, what's cool about those is the star meter fills up based on the audience cheering for you. Yeah, and the audience cheers more if you do things like your timed hits, because every time you or like a critical hit, because every yeah. time you go to attack, there's something you can do to make your attack more powerful. And you can you can do like um like fancy moves too, where if you like touch the A button like a minute or like a millisecond before you're supposed to, and then touch it again. You do like a backflip or yeah, something yeah. cool like that, and they really like that. And then they yeah. cheer even more. Yeah. Like, like, to like, so Mario has two attacks. He's got his jump, he's got his hammer. Yeah. So when you jump, 
And I mean, anyone's played a Mario RPG game, you know this. Like anytime Mario jumps, if you hit A at the right time, he'll jump again. Yeah. And then, you know, if he swings his hammer, then you have to hold the joystick left until the meter fills up and then let go and then he'll do more powerful attack. Yeah. And those are the two basic things. But then like some of them get really cool. Like actually Yoshi's is irritating. We have to tap the right trigger and fill yeah. up the meter because that right trigger is a pain to tap over and over again. On yeah, the you're gonna you're switch. gonna fuck up your GameCube controller too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't like that. Uh, whereas like Vivian, my actually my favorite one is Vivian because when she goes to attack, the like a, a time meter will go like beep beep beep, and then it'll show a button. Yeah, and then you have to quickly hit that button like A B X or Y, and I like that because it just keeps me awake like when I'm grinding and stuff. You yeah, know? It keeps keeps you going. Yeah. Um, I like the way that uh, some of the some of the bad guys can utilize the audience as well too, though. Mm-hmm. Um, like specifically, like the first boss, Hooktail, he'll literally eat out of the audience. He'll eat people out of the audience to regain to health. Gain health. Yeah, yeah. yeah, which is like a wicked move. I think that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. and like, and the audience will like. Uh, they'll they'll like jump. Sometimes they jump on like a shy guy. I'll jump on stage and like run backstage. Yeah, and the camera will turn and show you like what it would be like from like stage left watching the play. And then suddenly everyone is paper, and so they're like completely you can't see them because yeah, they're, they're so skinny. But then he'll run to the background, and then sometimes you'll hear like a crash, and then like a stage light will fall, yeah. and hit one of you and cost you some damage, or a backdrop will fall and hit everybody and stuff yeah. like that. Well, uh, another thing too that I think this game does so much better than the first Paper Mario because Paper Mario, the first one, was like it was supposed to be Mario RPG two. Yeah. And then Square Enix was like, no, you can't call it that because we made that game. And they're like, well, shit. So, they came, so they came up with the paper gimmick like super, super quickly. And then they're like, all right, so here it is. We're just going to rebrand this game. Mm-hmm. It's, it's already done. Here it is. It's out. Paper Mario. Whereas with the second game, they went in knowing full well it was going to be a Paper Mario game. Yeah. So they played on the fact that you're made of paper way more. Way more. Yeah. Like, you gain paper-based abilities throughout this game, which yeah. are awesome. Like, the paper airplane. Yeah. Um, the paper boat. You can... Um, uh, hold the R button to go paper thin to squeeze through, like, cracks and walls. Like, fall through the floor and yeah, stuff Yeah, fall like through that. the door. Yeah. yeah. And so I think it did it did so much better just in that regard. Yeah. Um, some of those got kind of annoying, like especially the boat one. Because um, like using, you could only use the boat one if you found a dock. And it's like, okay, yeah, fair enough. But you would have to go back and forth all the time using yeah. that boat. Yeah. And like the animation to turn into a boat and to turn back into Mario, it takes a while. It's like, annoying. It's, yeah. Like at least when you turn into the paper airplane, you're just you're you're going you're flying and then once you crash then you turn back into mario and it's over you yeah. know but that fucking boat is such a pain in the ass <laughs> it's such a pain but like to me that's the, okay so there's three aspects to the thousand year door that make it as awesome as it is mm-hmm. one is that the combat is fun it's super it gets fun. a little repetitive sometimes when mm-hmm. you go through the areas but like for the most part the combat is very enjoyable constantly keeps you on your toes you're always looking to see when can i hit the button to make an extra hit when can i hit the button to, to cause more defense which button do i have to guys. hit yeah, yeah so that's fun uh and the strategy involved in it is fun uh albeit not the most challenging game in the world there's also um something in this game that wasn't in the first one like in the first game you could push a at the right time to um block an attack and you can do that in this one too but if you push b at the right time you can actually do a counter yeah you yeah and it's like super specific like the a it's harder yeah a you probably got about a quarter of a second to hit it and you'll just reduce the damage you take that b one you've got like a quarter like like a 16th of a second maybe yeah Yeah. it's got to be the exact moment but if you hit it not only do you take no damage they take damage yeah and you get good at that and like you can win fights so quick if you can counterattack them too Mm -hmm. but uh it does hit a point where like when you're starting to get beat up you're like uh i guess i'm just gonna defend is it worth the chance yeah yeah because you're like if i don't hit this i'm dead you know so 
Uh, okay, so I love that. I love the combat in this game. This game is just straight up. It's charming. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. I don't think there's a better word to describe Paper Mario than charming. Oh, it's it's so charming. There's something about it. And it's, there's all these like little side stories, like the 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 gangsters getting married, which is just like yeah. the with Francesca and Frankie. Yeah, and the like, stupid Don guy. With yeah, <laughs> fucking stupid accent. The Don Pianta guy. Hey, use. <laughs> like yeah. he like talks like he's Tony Soprano. Yeah, but he's like just a big. But yeah. Uh, so the game is incredibly charming. And then the third aspect of it to me is the overworld. Um, Amazing. Yeah. Because like a lot of RPGs, like I said, I get bored with exploration and I get sick of like, I don't want to just go through more random encounters to try to find another sword that I don't even need to beat the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas in this game, it they add a little bit of Metroidvania type exploring to it. Every time you go into a world or a chapter, you pick up a new sidekick that gives you like coops. You can throw his shell at switches that are far away. Vivian, you can sink into the ground and avoid taking damage. So like, there's like a room, uh, and like uh, so anyway. So like so when you get to the, the main hub world, uh, and even some of the old chapters, you can go back to the old chapters to revisit them. Yeah, there are like things you can see where you're like, I can't figure out how to beat this yet, but at some point I'm going to get an ability to do that. Well, and f- I'm trying to remember, but near the end of the game, isn't there like some reason? Oh yeah, like you have to find that um the guy who has the launch codes for the the moon missile yeah and like he's like a babam colonel and people are like well last i saw him he was here and you have to go to that town and then you have to ask around and they're like whoa he was here but he went you know over to the shadow town you go to shadow town they're like oh yeah he was here but he wanted to go watch some wwe so he's up at the glitz pits you know with with dwayne the rock johnson yeah yeah the rock (laughs) um and so that I, I really enjoy that. Every time I'd finish a chapter, like honestly, one of the things I hate about RPGs in addition to like the random encounters yeah. is like I hate getting into a town and then having to do the like the 15 minute, okay, what can we sell? Who can upgrade? What can we upgrade? I just hate that part. I'm like, yeah. I just want to go play. And this game doesn't have that. No, this game doesn't have that at all. And I'm like, I can't wait to get back to the town because there's a sewer under Rogueport. That's where the thousand year door is. But there's also like so many little hidden things down there. Oh yeah. And every time you pick up a new partner, you're like, oh, now I can get into that pipe that I couldn't get into before. And eventually you find a whole new other town in the sewer. Yeah, yeah. Which is like just as explorable as Rogueport. I love that part of yeah. the game. I love that part of the game. There's so much exploration. And then that's not even adding in the fact that, like you said, Mario is so manipulative. Like by the end of the game, you can turn him into a paper airplane. You can turn him into a boat. He can roll up into a tube and oh, roll right, under right. shit. I forgot he rolled up into a tube. He can turn side. which my, my favorite one is he can turn sideways and fit through cracks or fall through cracks in the floor and shit like that. You can make him twirl up into like a like a like a. I'm trying to think of like what what it would be like. Like you literally twist him up. Oh right, and then, and he, then he swings his hammer super hard. Yeah, that's right. Spring like it's that's to me was one of the funnest parts of the game. Yeah, you exploring. can squish him down so he can jump higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that part, and I forgot all about this till just now. He gets his abilities to manipulate himself from these treasure chests. Yeah, and you always find these dark treasure chests, and they say it's and, a curse. <laughs> well, they're always like, "Please let me out! I need help! Let me out of here!" And so you're like, "Oh, okay, I better help this guy." Like the first one, you let him out, and then it's like an evil face, and he's like, "Ah, you idiot!" And then he's <laughs> like, "I'm gonna curse you!" And he's like, "Now every time you're standing on a image of a plane and you push X, you'll turn into a paper plane." <laughs> and you're like, "Damn, that sounds pretty convenient." I, I know. And then he's like, "Sucker!" And like he. Thinks he's got you and oh yeah. every time you find another chest they're like no no i won't curse you let me out and you know they're gonna then you let them out and then they they and i'm using air quotes they curse you by giving you another ability to turn into stuff i think it's fucking hilarious you know you know what else i just remembered about this game that i love though 
is that between each chapter that you play, there's like a side scrolling section where you play as Bowser. Oh yes. Oh, and it's so good. They're so funny. Yeah. So okay, yeah. So every time you finish a level, you go and get. Oh, I just unplugged. Oh, my headphones. I thought I unplugged the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. You're all uh, good. Professional podcast here. Uh, so every time you get your crystal star, then you go to Peach because Peach has been kidnapped by the X. Yeah, and that's and that's guys. familiar. They did that in Paper Mario One. Yeah, and honestly, I find the Peach ones kind of boring. Yeah, where she's like she's fucking around with Hal Nine Thousand or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Basically, this computer that the X Nos designed is in love with Peach. And so, like, Peach does shit for him, and then he lets her send emails to Mario to kind of give him advice and tell him what's going on. Yeah. And it's just a way to continue the plot. But I just find the playing as Peach parts very boring. There's no action. You just slowly walk and blah, 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 yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah. And it's but, the same in the first game. Too, right. Yeah. But then you usually get to play as Bowser, and they usually end up being these stupid platforming fucking side yeah but but bowser is so strong yeah it's like it's like mario levels but he's so big and strong like you just plow through everything breaks through bricks and stuff like that but what i love about this game is they continue this like tradition they seem to have of making bowser like the bumbling idiot yeah and i and i love it like bowser's so awesome and they make him look so stupid yeah and like (laughs) like every time he goes into an area he's like well i'm gonna get these stars and then i'll save the peach or peach and then she'll have no choice but to love me yeah because like he's not the villain in this game no he's like he's like wow there's other villains fuck these guys yeah (laughs) the only thing that i kind of wish they had done was make bowser playable at the end of the game like it, like i wanted to see yeah. him like be a, a partner yeah but like if he had been a partner then all these like no-name partners would have become because it's dead it's, weight it's kind of weird because near the end of the game you do have to fight bowser and you're like why am i fi-? i was kind of rooting for him yeah we were supposed yeah. to be teams at the time so yeah but but yeah they, like and those are just again just fun little you know they throw them in just to kind of change it up and it makes it more fun right like yeah. it's and so to me that's like to me like the, the overall genius of this game is just it's like three or four different games in one like it's exploration it's some minor puzzle solving solving the combat's fucking great yeah but they keep switching it up it never gets too repetitive you're never in the same thing for too long one last thing i'll add about this game the final boss of this game is fucking hard dude Mm -hmm. she is so hard it's insane which is weird considering how easy like 90 percent of the game is and then suddenly they're just like Oh yeah, so all that shit you learned, you better know how to do it by now. Yeah, you better you better be perfect now because yeah. this boss is hard as shit. Uh, yeah, you're right. Or, or did you ever do the hundred trials, the pipes under the yeah, city? yeah, yeah. That gets pretty hard near the end. That too. gets but that's super optional. tough. Yeah. That's optional. Yeah, you don't have um, to do that. But they do. Yeah, they do crank it up at the end for some fucking. Which I get. Like it's the final boss. I get it. Yeah. But I always found like I don't know about you, but like most RPGs, I find like the final boss is usually pretty easy. Yeah, like Kefka, I think I breeze through that first right. try. Like Sephiroth isn't that tough. Like. Uh, uh, Sephiroth's, Sephiroth's tougher than Kefka for sure, but still though, he's not like to me. There's always like mid bosses or like secret bosses that are way tar- tougher than the final bosses. Yeah, you know, like and and in this one, like yeah, the final boss suddenly is like, yo, I'm gonna fuck you up, and you may not have had a single game over for the whole game, which is very possible because it's not a hard game. But then all of a sudden, like yeah, it's they they test you at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it. I, I I got a couple minor issues with the the biggest thing to me is the is there's a ton of backtracking and then there's shit like where you're in the wrestling world and it's like two hours of just here's a fight now you got to go get another fight here's yeah. a fight you know what i mean and i do feel like they put same as the princess peach stuff which i get it like moves the story along but i feel like some of the stuff that they put in it uh they only put in it to to try to stretch the game out a little bit like mm-hmm. if they took some of the backtracking out and the peach stuff and things this would be like a 12 13 hour game and it'd be done yeah you know like I, I'm, I'm at i think i'm at 15 hours right now 
And yeah, yeah. Last time I played six. it was like 20, 21, 22, something like that. You know, I mean, and, and part of that is like it's how much you want to explore. Yeah, true. Right? Like this could be a 40 hour game if you would like it to be. Yeah, if yeah. you feel like going through the sewers and going back to because you literally can go back to old worlds with the partners you've picked up and find a few extra things and some extra badges and stuff like that. Yeah, it's but mostly it's mostly garbage. It is. Yeah, yeah. it's um, like it's like Smash Quake and it's like, well, that's useless. I'm, yeah, yeah. I don't want that. Like I'm more inclined to explore in games where I can see the villains on the overworld so I can yeah. avoid fights and then equip that badge to like bomb through easy bad guys and stuff like that but well the the thing that sucks about this game though is that like i do feel sort of uh uninclined to explore sometimes because i'll go way out of my way to to find like this to get to this chest that i've been trying to get to yeah and then i open it up and it's a badge i wouldn't even dare use right it's unless you're a completionist there's yeah. no need to go back to get all these badges yeah but overall like this game it's Certainly one of my favorite games uh, of all time, even. Yeah. Um, really, really good RPG. Uh, it does have those few minor gripes in it, but overall, yeah, I really love it. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's my favorite RPG ever or anything, yeah. but uh, it's great. I know it's it's funny because like, I have no idea when this episode is going to go live. I never do when I record them. I bank them, and then I pick a game week by week. Uh, have you seen that people online are like like circling this petition, trying to get people to like they're signing a petition to try to get Nintendo to re-release this on the yeah, Switch? Yeah, that's gonna do nothing. Nintendo doesn't give a shit. Nintendo what people doesn't want. give a. How many people have been asking for a better online service on the Switch for like two and a half years? It's yeah, not, they're not gonna change a fucking thing. I find the online service great though. I do too. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, that's I a whole other can of worms. <laughs> but I agree, it's not yeah. as bad as some of you people make it out to. How be. many people? How many people sign petitions for Waluigi and Smash? That ain't happening, guys. No, it's not happening. Nintendo, I, I still. There's a small part of me that thinks like, you know what? I bet you at some point we get Waluigi and Smash. But you know what the problem with... Sorry, we're not going to get into this. We're going to wrap this thing up soon. We're not talking <laughs> DLC and Smash forever. The, the the big problem with putting Waluigi in Smash is he has no moves. Like, what is he... He doesn't have a game to draw well, attacks from. I mean, he, he came from Mario Tennis, so you just give him a tennis racket. That's but that, what I thought. But like, that's like that's what Peach has too, right? Yeah. So like, like, what's the point? I'm like, what are you going to... Like, unless you're just going to give him like... A whole bunch of different like sports and and party things. Yeah, he doesn't have moves. I just, yeah, he's he's never been but, in a story related Mario game. No, when did we all decide we like? Because I like him too, but yeah. I hated Waluigi. And I'm like, how the fuck do we all suddenly like? I love Wario. I think Wario's phenomenal. But Waluigi, I was like, that's the <laughs> stupidest thing I've ever heard. I think like I think yeah, with Waluigi, he became kind of like a meme, and people were like, well, it's funny that he exists because Nintendo hates him so much. Mm-hmm. So it's it's hilarious that Camelot, the, the makers of Mario Tennis, just like forced this shitty fucking character yeah. onto Nintendo. And they're like, this is part of your canon now. Enjoy. Bon appetit. And now we all kind of like, nah, I'll leave Waluigi alone. He's yeah. Fine. Get rid of Bowser Jr. and give Waluigi more stage time. Yeah, hell yeah. Bowser Jr. fucking sucks. Dude, that's the worst Smash character for sure. He's the worst character in Nintendo. <laughs> I fucking hate everything about him. I hate, I hate him. The Koopa Kids are phenomenal. Let's just use the Koopa Kids. Get rid of fucking Bowser. Because like the Koopa Kids are like slaves, right? And then yeah, kind of. The, the Bowser Junior is like his only actual kid. I hate him. Yeah. I saw an idea. Okay, so this will tie back to Paper Mario, and we can wrap this up. I saw an idea on Reddit that they should release a uh, a new um, uh, like Mario and Luigi like Superstar Saga type yeah. RPG and make it Wario and Waluigi. That'd be awesome. I was like, dude, that would sell if you gave Wario and Waluigi their own game. I don't know if they're bad guys trying to stop Mario and Luigi or if maybe they're out to save Mario and Luigi for some reason, which I actually think, oh yeah, just quickly, that's one of the other things I love about this game is they break the fourth wall sometimes mm-hmm. and they know they're in a video game, which I I, I think that 
mechanic is kind of overdone today because of Deadpool and stuff. Like people have made and it like up. Uh, what was that uh, Eat Lead that Matt Hazard series, right? But when they were doing it, like in Paper Mario, it was still new and kind of fun. Yeah, and uh, I I would love to see something like where maybe like Mario and Luigi get kidnapped. And like Wario and Waluigi are like, good, like fuck them. And then, <laughs> and then one of them is like, wait a minute, like if we save them, then we'll be the heroes, and then yeah. we'll make all the money, and we'll be famous. Yeah, and the and other they, one will like, be in a video game. And the yeah. other one's like, yeah, or like Waluigi could even be like, then I could be in a video game. And <laughs> Wario's like, yeah, and they get like all fired up. And yeah, they have to save Mario and Luigi. Like, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, that's, do that's that. a great idea. I know you listen to this, Nintendo. Yeah. So fucking do that. Or or um in Paper Mario Thousand Year Door, there's like this thing where every now and again you'll see Luigi. And he'll describe like this weird adventure he's been on in the Maple Syrup Kingdom or whatever. Oh. Just make that a game. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. Just make that a game. Paper Luigi, I would buy it. I would pay $80. I would go day one to get that Me shit. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking. All right. Well, I hope you're right that at E3 they down something. This franchise is too good to do nothing with. I agree. They have to do something with it. I do think. Uh, so there was a couple 3DS games. And then, like you said, there was Super Paper Mario, which I was like, yeah, unbelievably excited for. And by the end of it was like, well, I don't. For some reason, I didn't like it. I don't know why. It just didn't hit. It wasn't. There was something about it. wasn't the same. Well, the last, the last Paper Mario game that came out was, I believe, like the last Nintendo th- first party Wii U game. Right. Um, I could be wrong about that, but it was like one of the last Wii U games to come out that was made by Nintendo. Okay. And so then, obviously, because it came out on the Wii U and it came out late on the Wii U, mm-hmm. it bombed. Yeah, yeah. So nobody gave a shit. Oh, the poor Wii U. Yeah. So the series is just sitting there dormant. Do something with it. We all love them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I think I think there's some work them. to be done on it for sure. <clears throat> yeah, totally. Yeah. But like, oh well. And you know what? The other thing might just be that Nintendo's looking at the Switch now and being like, "Fucking, if there's one genre this console doesn't need more of, it's, it's RPGs." RPGs. Yeah. There's and which is true. Yeah. Like I almost think that for the money and time they would put into a Paper Mario game, it might get lost in the shuffle. Because there's so and I and I mean it's Paper Mario. We all love Paper Mario, but there are so many RPGs on that fucking system. Yeah, that's so that's super many. true. Anyway, but that said, the 3DS is dead now. So like Mario, Luigi, the, the like those games or the Paper like something is gonna eventually show up on Switch. Something will. Yeah. Um, oh, and Mario, until, Luigi on Switch. That'd be awesome. They're not gonna let that series die. No. And the 3DS is dead. So put it on fucking. No, Switch. Mario and Luigi makes way more money than Paper Mario. Totally so. does. <laughs> uh, having said that, for my money, none of them have top thousand your door. I know you think that Mario 64, Paper Mario 64, is slightly ahead of it. That's fine. They're a one A one B. Slightly. They're they're yeah. both phenomenal. It's I like close. them both. Uh, so we got to score it. I'm not doing out of tens anymore. I know you guys have still heard it on some episodes because they're like old ones. But Miklos told me I should stop doing that. I just start scoring them on random things. So that's what we're gonna do now. So uh, out of eight crystal stars, how many crystal stars? And I know there's only seven, but I don't want to go out of seven. What would you give Paper Mario Thousand? That's door, a, it's right? a solid seven crystal stars out of eight. There's some problems with it for sure, but uh, it's certainly a it's a game that you you're happy to look past its fault because the rest of it's so good that you know what i was trying to figure out how to say it nailed it yeah seven out of eight because there are things about this game that i hate like that fucking i don't like that wrestling area (laughs) but i was like i'm gonna play through i put a podcast on and listen to a podcast while i got through it because i was like i still want to keep playing this game because i like it so yeah exactly um I would tell you guys to go out and play it, but unless you've got a GameCube and this game, which is very expensive, sitting around your house waiting to play, you can't play it anywhere. Yeah. So uh, just, I don't know, look up other people playing it and enjoy the magic of it. Absolutely. Good stuff. Uh, that was good shit. Thanks, Bradley. That was a good podcast. Hey, Thanks, no bro. problem. All right.
And that's going to do it for this week's episode, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Bradley, thank you for coming on the show and talking Thousand Year Door for me or with me. I hope you guys enjoyed that. That game, like I'm saying, if you, if you can play it, do it. Hopefully at some point it gets released on something and you can try it if you never played it because it's really, really fucking good and charming and cute and awesome. Uh, you guys, we're on Twitter. And we're on Instagram. And if you are on those things, you should follow us because we'll follow you back and you can message with us and blah, blah, blah. We're at Member the Game, just like Remember without the RE at the front. We're also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Remember the Game, YouTube.com slash Remember the Game, and most importantly, Patreon.com slash Remember the Game. We have an episode all about the Link's Awakening remake between me and Mark McHugh and I talking about it. That's going to be going live on this Monday, October 14th. It's not too late to get in to listen to that. Plus, you'll get access to all the back episodes. Plus, you'll get a shout out on the show. Plus, you'll get entered into a draw. You'd be crazy not to give me your $2. So please do it. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a good review. I'd really, really appreciate that. And with all that said, I'm going to go play some video games. I'll shut the fuck up. I will be back next week with episode 68 of this show. Thanks for listening, you guys. Take it easy, and I'll talk to you later. Cheers.